Hi there, my name is Joe Renee Feeler and welcome to this podcast. Let's do a connection exercise because of what I'm about to share with you, you may not like. <laughs> okay, let's take in a couple nice deep breaths here. Okay, on this next breath, I would like you to imagine that behind your eyeballs is a source of light streaming from the inside of you and that 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 warmth, that glow, there's a layer, there's layers and layers of you that are like a hidden world of wisdom and security and safety and transcendence that is within you and kind of behind your five human senses. Nice deep breath. Okay. On this next inhale, for any of you that are quite in fear about the global pandemic, about the coronavirus, about restrictions on quarantine being lifted too quickly, just allow yourself a space again from that light behind your eyeballs that there are layers of feeling safe and trustworthy and that you're going to be okay. I've got maybe good news for you in this podcast that may help you feel more and more okay. <sighs> okay. And you may even want to say to yourself, I think it's going to be okay even if you're not sure that that's true. Again, I've got amazing data to help you feel like it's going to be okay. Okay, you may want to put a smile on your face if you don't have one there already. Very good. Okay, so what if I told you that the fatality rate from this global pandemic is far less than 1%. What if I told you that the fatality rate is 0.2%? That's not 0.2% of all citizens. That's 0.2% of those that become infected. Okay? <sighs> that would be good news, right? Because it's a, that would be a lot lower fatality rate than the experts were the experts were initially um, expecting. <laughs> um, when we first were experiencing the coronavirus, we did not have good data. We still don't have good data coming out of China, and that's where all this started, right? Okay, and then we saw Italy, and then we saw Spain going through hell, and it was scary. I'm in the U.S., and it was terrifying. <coughs> For many in the US, it's still terrifying. And part of what is terrifying is that you don't have the data. And part of the reason you don't have the data is that the institutions that we rely on for data have been intentionally cherry picking the very scariest of numbers. And it keeps us in a state of fear. Okay, yeah, so let's just open our hearts and open our minds to maybe another version of what's going on that your local news isn't telling you or that your favorite trusted sources are, are 
almost intentionally or unintentionally, we don't have to apply intent here, but they're obviously not sharing that side with you. And we don't have to know why, uh, we may never know why, but let's talk about what's actually going on, okay? I wasn't going to do a podcast on this. I've been uh, spending uh, at least 90 minutes a day <laughs> on Facebook and I, there were months when I wasn't on Facebook. So it's very unusual for me to be back on there in all its, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of energy. Um, but what I noticed, what prompted me doing this podcast today is that there are quite a, f there's 23 shares on a post that I made um, eight hours ago and it's April 30th, 2020. And when I was looking at the shares and I like to hit like on those shares so that uh, obviously I'm sharing it because I think it's helpful to people and to keep the, keep the algorithm going. And I noticed that one of the comments where someone had shared it um, said, actually, I can probably find it. I want to read it exactly because it, it just made me go, oh. <laughs> okay, like what? Okay, let me see here where that is. Okay, so somebody posted the article and then this woman, Cindy, said, not sure how far ahead of publishing the article was written, but the number of deaths for COVID-19 is way off. Yesterday, US total was over a million. Let me read that again. A woman named Cindy, I'm not friends with her, but she's friends with somebody that posted it, that shared my post, said, not sure how far ahead of publishing the article was written, but the number of deaths for COVID-19 is way off, i.e. in the article. And Cindy says, yesterday the US total was over a million. And this is exactly why I'm doing this podcast today and why I wanna talk about this. Because here is, I'm assuming an intelligent, caring, responsible woman who's walking around thinking that a million, that over a million have died in the US from COVID-19. When in actuality, and I'm actually going to read the article that I shared, in actuality, as of Tuesday, there were, let me get to the right place, 56,749 American deaths from COVID-19. Some of you may be shocked by that. Some of you are not shocked at all, and you actually want to argue <laughs> and point out that 56,749 is higher than it should be because there are individuals that had COPD um, or heart disease or some other serious underlying condition and at, in the cause of death, apparently in the US anyway, um, the coroners and the um, recording death physicians are pressured or required um, to, to put down if COVID-19 was anything about it on related to the death that they had any, that they had COVID-19, then they have to put COVID-19 as the cause of death. So the 56,749 in, when you look at that part, it's probably overstated by a good amount, especially when you dig into the numbers and see who is sadly and tragically dying from this virus. Okay. So let me read the article to you. It's from the Washington Times, April, I think it was 27th or 28th, 2020. Um, and the um, journalist reporter is Joseph Curl, Joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H. Okay, here we go. There's going to be a lot of numbers, <laughs> but, but that's, we can handle, we can handle facts and numbers, right? <laughs> okay. All right. 
here we go. When the postmortem is done on the media's coverage of COVID-19, and it will be, it will be clear that the virus was no black plague. It's not even the flu on a bad year. SARS-CoV-2, which causes COVID-19, has killed 56,749 Americans as of Tuesday. That's not good, but it's not as bad as the 2017-2018 flu season when 80,000 plus perished. And it's a long cry from what all the experts were warning about just a few weeks ago. First, they predicted 1.7 million Americans dead. Then they redid the models, this time apparently entering a few more facts, and said 100,000 to 240,000 dead. Now, a major model relied on by the White House Coronavirus Task Force predicts about 70,000 dead by the end of August. And for that, we shut down the U.S. economy. As the coronavirus swept across China, then Europe, then everywhere, the U.S. media breathlessly reported every terrifying number, almost gleefully. Their ratings soared, of course, as they scared the hell out of every American, many of whom have stayed home for the last 40 days, emerging only to buy toilet paper, but even then clad in masks and tiptoeing in fear. But here are some facts. Fatality rate. A recent Stanford University antibody study estimated the fatality rate from the virus is likely 0.1% to 0.2%. The World Health Organization had estimated the death rate was 20 to 30 times higher and called for isolation practices. On which version do you think the media focused? In New York City, the U.S. epicenter of the pandemic, the death rate for people 18 to 45 years old is 0.01% or 10 per 100,000 in the population. People aged 75 and older, though, have a death rate 80 times that. For children under 18, the rate of death is 0 per 100,000. That's 0. Health and age. More than half of the COVID-19 deaths in Europe occurred in long-term care or nursing home facilities. At least one-fifth of the deaths recorded in the U.S. so far have occurred there. Nearly all the patients hospitalized for the coronavirus in New York City had underlying health conditions, according to a recent study. Health records from 5,700 patients hospitalized within the Northwell Health System which housed the most patients in the country through the, throughout the pandemic, showed that 94% of patients had more than one disease other than COVID-19. That's more than one. According to the Journal of the American Medical Association, Fox News reported, the study found 42% of the patients were overweight and 53% had hypertension, and the others suffered from a variety of ailments. Far more widespread. Millions and millions of Americans have already been infected with the virus, even though the U.S. media continues to report the low numbers provided by John Hopkins, which says, which says that 998,000 Americans have contracted the virus as of Tuesday. An antibody study was conducted last week in New York City and found that one in five, 21.2% actually, of residents have already been infected with the coronavirus. There are 8.5 million people in New York City, 
So that would mean 1.8 million New Yorkers have had the virus. At the time of the study, there were 16,249 deaths in the city contributed to COVID-19, which means the death rate in the city was 0.89% at the time, far lower than reports in the US media. Results of an antibody survey last week in Los Angeles found as many as 442,000 Los Angeles County residents have may, ha, might have already been infected with the coronavirus by early April, a number far higher than the 8,000 cases confirmed at the time. The survey suggested that the death rate from the virus could be as low as 0.18% of COVID-19 patients, which, mean, which means the actual death rate in the city is far lower than reported. The Daily Mail reported Monday that coronavirus may kill 70 times fewer patients than official UK death figures suggest. Studies have shown. The Mail said a similar fatality rate, 0.19%, was found in a study of residents in Helsinki, Finland. A study, this one by Dr. Justin Silverman, estimates that there were 8.7 million coronavirus infections in the US between March 8th and March 28th. As of April 17th, 10% of Americans have been infected, which is roughly 33 million Americans. The media has been hyping COVID-19 since day one, alarming Americans to the point where they voluntarily went along with shutting down the entire economy, a mistake that will likely reverberate for a decade or more. Even as U.S. states begin to reopen, based on the data, which shows a far lower fatality rate than reported and a much wider spread of the virus already, the media continues to report on what they deem frightening numbers over the deadly virus. They aren't, and it isn't. COVID-19 is a bad flu at worst, and the media should be held accountable for telling us otherwise before they knew the facts. Again, Joseph Curl, The Washington Times. I know. So there may be some of you that are like, yes, Jill, I know that. <laughs> and others are like, really? <laughs> you know, right? And I, I mean, some of you know me, some of you don't. My huge passion is doing, I love it when humans have the right information to make good decisions. And I really, really hate it <laughs> when we don't have the right information, but we're trying to make good decisions. And I hate it when there's good information out there and better information out there that is twisted and distorted. And, and I'm not saying this is new, you guys. I get it that this, is, that this happens all the time, but we've never shut down globally the economy in, in the way. So the, the repercussions this time to me feel way different than your your average media lie or distortion. Um, I'm I don't my head and my heart are not yet and maybe they will be towards who's doing what to whom I don't know if we'll ever really have the big um, the big picture and maybe there isn't a grand plan maybe the whole thing just sucks. But I know for me, I have, I mean, I feel so helpless, <laughs> not hopeless, but I do feel helpless um, with what I'm learning and ignorance was bliss. I was much, I think, happier <laughs> as my Jill when I was like, yes, all the leaders are doing the right thing. This is the right thing to do. And then as I looked more at the models, because I'm a data nerd, I was like, okay, wait a minute, what? 
And even as I was interacting um, and, you know, texting and things like that with my daughter when she was um, in her bedroom and she's a teenager, she doesn't come out anyway. Um, I'm, you know, just kind of polling people like, how many people do you think have died in the state? Because I live in Idaho, very, very wide open spaces between people. How many people do you think have died? Um, and one of her friends said, I, I don't know, 500. And I was like, about 60. And she goes, what? And I said, yeah, 60. And she goes, they shut down schools and my dad can't work. And you know, there's all the, for 60 people. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we didn't have the over the overflow in our hospitals. We never ran out of ICU beds. There may have been small local hospitals that did, but as I understand it, even in the Wood River Valley, which was a hot spot, it's where that's where Sun Valley and Ketchum is, and lots of international travelers and all those things. Um, some of the shortages that they had, they would bring them down to Twin Falls, which is you know anyway within within distance of of helping somebody get care that they need that they couldn't in a small community but i'm in the capital city in boise and we never had icu shortages i don't know if they had ppe shortages but we didn't have what was expected um, but even at the beginning of this i felt like even my local news media was just really i mean there was one local reporter that said yeah let's crush the curve to save lives and i was like wait, she doesn't understand what we're doing. She doesn't understand what flattening the curve is then. Because, I mean, I like I said, I'm a data nerd. I have, I have an MBA, I have an undergraduate degree in economics and finance. I totally geeked out on college statistics and econo econometric analysis and all that modeling. And I love all that stuff. So I'm kind of like, ooh, numbers, like, ding, I haven't done this in a while. Um, so it's kind of, I'm very comfortable looking at models and looking at data and, and manipulating it and calculating numbers and going, oh, okay. And then to hear, I know I'm a, a local newscaster in Boise, Idaho, I know. <laughs> you may be like, why are your expectations high? Well, I do expect truth. And you could tell she, she interpreted that the flatten the curve was to minimize deaths. And the flattening the curve and the quarantine wasn't about decreasing deaths. It was about spreading out deaths with the understanding that with a brand new virus that has a crazy high infectious rate, that we weren't going to be able to save save lives. We were trying to spread them out, I guess in a way that saves lives because we were trying to not to have a triage overload at the hospitals and in the healthcare facilities and overloading their capacities. So we wanted to flatten it out by quarantining the healthy people even um, so that we were just kind of hiding, playing hide and seek with the virus in a way. Um, but now the rationalization from the quarantine has switched. And if you actually listen to your local leaders and what they may be saying about the coronavirus, they're no longer talking about how many ICU beds and flattening the curve. They're now talking about infectious rates. And you just heard us talk about the fatality rates. And infection is, is that's bad if somebody gets infected. But the number of deaths being caused or be, uh, the number of infections leading to death is 0.2%, um, at least in my country in the US. Or no, that was the UK. Anyway, so it's just like, what the hell is going on here, right? So now it appears to me when I listen to different leaders and somebody posted uh, Justin Trudeau, um, I think it was speaking on April 29th or something, maybe it was the 28th, 2020, when I listened to Trump talk, when I listened to my state governor, Governor Brad Little talk, when I listened to my mayor talk, they're all talking about, yeah, we've got to, yeah, the, the infections are still growing. 
yeah, they'll continue to grow. This is a very infectious disease. But now that we know the fatality rate is much, much lower than we initially expected, and even lower than the flu, then we don't shut down the economy for the flu. And P.S., for the normal flu, there is a vaccine. So now you hear talk about, well, you know, the infections are still rising, so we can't open up yet. Um, we still have this number of deaths, and they quote the biggest number they can find. So in the U.S., the 56,000 people have died. Well, it's a lot lower than that in my state, right? Um, they also cite we don't have a virus, or excuse me, we don't have a vaccine. Again, we have a vaccine for the flu. 50% of people get it, from what I understand. Um, that you Check that data yourself. But the, the people that get the flu vaccine is much lower than the vaccine's availability. And we still have deaths from the flu. So they keep giving us reasons why they're still justifying the quarantine, even though they're relaxing the quarantine and things like that. But if they're gonna keep looking at deaths and they're gonna keep looking at the infection rates rising, then this quarantine can go on, could go on a lot, lot longer. Are you okay with that given the data that you just heard? Or were you, are you still believing that 1 million people have died in the US as of April 28th, 2020? What is going on? What is it about the numbers, if you're disagreeing with me, that makes you angry about a different number being in your head versus in my head and in my heart and on the actual, in the actual data charts? What are you fighting for? What is that? There's a lot of psyops here, psychological operations. There's a lot of propaganda here. There's a lot of um, programmed fear here. And it takes a lot to undo programming, you guys. I'm giving you a huge hug right now energetically that in order for us to get through this, it will not be because of our leaders. It will be because of each of us being our very best selves. I think it's very hard for us to be our best selves when we are being lied to and when we are being manipulated in a way that does not is not justified. It's not rational given the way this virus is actually acting. Okay. Now, some common things that people bring up is, but Jill, if we didn't have the quarantine, then the deaths would be a lot higher. Well, actually, there is now evidence, apparent, mainly from Sweden, who did not do a quarantine. They did social distancing without a quarantine, and they asked individuals that were of higher risk categories, i.e. the elderly and those with um, underlying health conditions, to quarantine, but they didn't quarantine the rest of the society. They have had a similar and not higher death rate than their neighboring countries that have done quarantine. That's a very valid number to look at. And we don't know what will happen in terms of when the quarantines are relaxed and things like that. But again, I just, I don't trust our leaders right now because they've, they've flipped the rationale and the rationale that they're using doesn't make sense to me. Now, some of you may be the personality type that, that you maybe question authority less. Maybe you trust leaders more than I do and maybe more than some others do. Um, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just offering, I'm sharing, and I'm, I'm being myself and you have the prerogative to be yourself and make your own conclusions as well. But there have been many times uh, throughout history where leaders have acted in an untrustworthy, 
unreliable, manipulative or manipulated manner. And I, given the risks right now are so high, not just um, from the actual virus itself, but from the thing that will affect everybody, and that's the economic consequences of this quarantine. Um, so I don't, I don't know if we'll ever really learn what's going on here, but something, something is amiss. And I don't know what it is, but it could be that the more of us that are kind of questioning our leaders, and maybe some of you have a more influential role with your leadership than, than I do with mine, I don't know. We got some pretty savvy people in this audience. Um, but I just, again, I just feel like humans are better equipped to be our best when we have the information that is accurate and beyond the programming and beyond the propaganda. So it's important that we, that we shake loose from the emotion related to this. I'm not asking anyone to be excited about people dying. 56,000 people, what was it in the US? Where's that number again? 56,749 as of Tuesday. That breaks my heart. That's, that's, that's a lot of people that lost a loved one. And that's never good news. Um, and again, that's part of the psyops is that, oh, all deaths are bad. Yes, yes, they are. Who's saying they're not? But something else is going on here. And the data shows us this is true. Okay? Okay. <laughs> I love you. I'm sending my love to you. And I hope you find this helpful. And if, yeah, just you get to have your own response with us. But please know this was offered with love and with respect for you with respect for those that have that have lost their lives and with respect to those that will be in other ways impacted in other painful serious tragic ways related to the economic downside of all of this okay it's possible i guess my hope with this if somebody's like why are you sharing this um it's possible my i guess my overall hope is that if more of us are aware that a million people haven't died in the US, Cindy, which I, I put on, uh, hopefully, I, yes, it was a very respectful comment. I, I'll read the comment I wrote to her. Um, if more of us know what's actually going on there, then we can perhaps, let me, let me read what I wrote to her first and then, okay. Oh, and she responded too. Oh, good. Oh, very good. Oh, yeah, she's right in right, right next to me. Okay, I wrote, um, oh my, Cindy, no, a million is cases, not deaths. <laughs> Please look directly at the CDC or WHO or wherever you trust. The numbers in the article are accurate, and this is the problem, perhaps. Most media keeps picking the scariest numbers. Here you are, I'm sure an intelligent, responsible citizen, thinking that over a million people in the U.S. have died from COVID-19. When the numbers is, I mistyped, when the numbers is actually, ready for it, 55,891 deaths as of April 27, 2020. Each one of them tragic, but nowhere near over a million. Lots of misleading going on. Stay safe and be well. And then she responded, Jill Renee Feeler, thank you. I misread the article and then mis misspoke. Very illustrative of how misinformation is spread. Shame on me, should pay better attention to my posts. Cindy, I love you. <laughs> I don't even know you when I love you. Anyway, so um, where was I going with this? Oh, my main, my main goal. I think my main goal is I just want you to have the facts so that you can decide maybe more authentically and more consciously 
and less in a less programmed way <laughs> if you have if you feel like you've been programmed um, that you can really respond more authentically as yourself and really being able, being willing to look at the data um, and say okay now no deaths are good but just because I'm questioning the quarantine doesn't mean you know doesn't mean I'm happy about deaths and doesn't mean I want more deaths and maybe doesn't mean I'm being irresponsible because we don't quarantine during the flu regular flu when we have a vaccine. So what, maybe something else is going on here. If more of us question this, my main hope is that we can compel maybe our leaders to make wiser choices about how they're handling the economy and the public policies related to this horrible situation. It's possible that as more and more of us say, wait a minute, what are we doing? That the leaders then are like, okay, game's over. We gotta, we gotta open up the economy. Again, I, I don't wanna pretend, to, I don't wanna pretend to know what is going on in the leaders' minds and in the leaders' hearts. I think my local leaders have the right intentions, but that doesn't mean I agree with their decisions. And it doesn't mean that they actually have a good handle on the data in a way that is more balanced and more sound and less fearsome, right? Um, I, I am really disrespecting Fauci right now. And I, Dr. Fauci, I don't know what's going on in that man's head, but his unwillingness or inability to say, great news guys, the death rate is far lower than we thought. Remember when we thought one to two million could die in the US? We're, no, we're not gonna be anywhere near that. Isn't that great? And that's terrible that those people died, but oh, thank God, it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. I don't think he'll ever say that, but Jesus Christ, he should, right? Because everybody is looking at him. All of these leaders are looking to somebody like him to base their decisions on that affect all of us, yes? So why is Trump listening to him? I, I, something weird is going on. I don't know what it is. But as long as the leaders are feeling accountable for all of the deaths, the quarantines will continue. Because again, the leaders aren't accountable for deaths. The 56,000 people that have died in the US, Trump isn't responsible for that. The virus is responsible for that. Yeah, it's true. The virus caused those deaths. And again, it's, it feels like a gun argument, doesn't it? It feels like the Second, second Amendment proponent saying, guns don't kill people, people kill people. <laughs> it's, it's the same sort of like, we can't agree. I know, I know, it's so strange how it's the same pivot. Anyway, um, so something weird is going on, some sort of psyops, get a hold of yourself, people, and think for yourself. It's, that doesn't mean you have to agree with me, but I know myself as a person that can look at data and not get too emotionally attached while also being very aware and sad and compassionate towards those that have died. But we're gonna have a whole other problem on our hands that could lead to other forms of death, world hunger, um, suicide, uh, domestic violence and abuse and deaths. I mean, there's a lot of other ways to suffer in the world that could be even worse, even worse. And, oh my God, anyway, so the sooner that we can go, wait a minute, everybody revisit. Let's get the economy going again. Okay, hang on. Not because of numbers and dollars, but because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Okay. I love you. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love you. Okay. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>